Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello. Did I actually say words? Yeah. Did you get what I meant, or did you just... You know, it was the sound of what it should have sounded like. No, you said it. I think you just zoned out. I've been zoning out a lot lately. Yes. Like, a lot. Yeah. Apparently people have been saying stuff to me, and I haven't noticed. I mean, that... I wouldn't say lately. Like, that's a change. All right, well, it's worse lately than it was. I don't know if it is. Is it just because I've been mentioning it more? I feel like I usually don't bring it up, but recently I've just been like, really? Oh, yeah, like this morning. <laughs> no, I think I've been doing it. I think I've been listening less to everybody. Yeah, I think you have. In general, just people start talking and I've just started shutting off. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. It's bizarre. Uh, I don't know where it's coming from, but yeah, I'd say the last week or so, people just start talking and I've just not been listening. I keep just going, what? No? Like I used to um, I used to pretend I'd been listening uh, and then try and guess what they said. And then sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. But lately, I've just kind of been like, what? Uh, I wasn't listening to you. Uh, yeah, just... Uh, I guess, I don't know, I don't know what point I'm making here, but yeah, I would say I've been doing it a lot more lately. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It's probably, uh, if you're doing it without really meaning to, it's probably some sort of burger protection. Maybe. Um, just distracted a lot. I don't really, uh, I think everybody's, uh, I think everything's quite repetitive. Lately, everybody's like conversations or uh, what they're saying and doing is quite samey. So I've kind of just stopped paying attention to anything anyone says. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. Not that that's why I did it this morning. This morning, I think you were were speaking to me while I was like half asleep. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, So I think I just drifted in and out like of what was going on. No, this morning, the only reason I mentioned it, I usually don't. And it wasn't like it bothered me or anything. It was just funny because basically I said... um, our friend is sorting my car out for me and I was like oh Chris will be here in 10 minutes and then uh, (laughs) as soon as I finished talking you went oh Chris is going to be here in 10 minutes we better like start doing stuff (laughs) I was like it was like a direct follow on like you waited for me to finish what I said without listening to me (laughs) to say your point I just thought it was funny right uh but yeah. Yeah, so uh, anything new with you? Oh, well, yeah, there is something new with you. Potentially your diagnosis is... Well, it's in the post. Yeah. So they've spoke to your mom. He's wrote yeah. his report. Yeah. And apparently it's been posted out and you're having a meeting with him on Friday... To yes. go over the report. So I think I think next week's episode will probably be about diagnosis because anything that happens afterwards, if I do get diagnosed, will take some time. So that would probably be sort of a long wait to say like uh, after diagnosis, this is what happens. But I think next week, regardless of the result, we'll still talk about what the diagnosis was like. Um, and we'll do a little bit of comparison as well, I suppose, between mine and yours. 
Um, but yeah, I think that will be like a topic for next week for when we've read it. Because at the moment, we, do, we don't know. I don't know what it says. Like, it could say yes, it could say no. So I think we'll wait and see. But yeah, we'll talk it through. We might talk a little bit about what's actually on the report, what it says or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good one just to go through. Because there was like four or five steps to it. And we'll just do like a whole thing. Might end up being two episodes. Probably won't, but we'll see. But yeah, um, that is, I suppose, new with me. I'm trying not to think about it because I haven't read it yet. <laughs> oh. It's uh, the it's the unknown. It's bothering me. <laughs> yeah, I say, um, well, yeah, it'll be all right. I said to not go read it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I'll come with you when we go pick it up. Yeah. But, yeah, um... It should be fine. Uh, like I say, they've not done anything out of the ordinary to what happened to me. The same thing happened where they posted it to me. Uh, I read it, and then by the end of it, I was like, well, this doesn't tell me whether I am or aren't. So I had to, when I went into the meeting, which is what you're having on Friday, they went over it with me, and even in the meeting, I was like, so do I? Don't I? Uh, and I made them rewrite it. Because the report, usually, the reason they have the meeting with you is because they want you to say whether or not you agree with parts of it, don't agree with parts of it. So not like, do you agree? I'm saying you're not autistic. Yeah. Do you agree with me? What they say is you either are or aren't. Um, and then that's the diagnosis. But the trouble is, is the report is permanently on your file, I guess, your NHS yeah. file, wherever it is. Uh, so this isn't like the final draft of the report. So what he wants you to do is you get it, you read it, if there's bits in it that you don't like or bits of it you don't think happened, uh, you can change it. Uh, you can't change the outcomes. You can't change whether or not he's decided that you are or aren't autistic. But what you can do is, uh, I don't want this mentioned, or can you change this bit? And then what he does is once you've had the meeting, he makes the notes, he rewrites the report, and then there's an official one, uh, which is what's going to happen. So this one isn't the official diagnosis. It will tell you what the outcome was. It will tell you whether you are on the spectrum or aren't on the spectrum or whatever. But yeah, like I had mine rewritten because at the end of it, it said something like, so it leads us to believe that Nikki may be on the spectrum uh, or may have Asperger's or something like that. And that confused me because I thought, well, does that mean I do or does that mean I don't? So I asked them and they were like, well, you do. And I was like, well, why is it not saying that? And they went, oh, okay. Uh, that's just how we put it because it's, you know, not an exact science. It's not like a diagnosis of, I don't know, like something physical. Yeah. Whereas like, it's, it's this. Um, so what they do is they just say, in our like professional opinion, he does which for me was like opinion, you know, that's yeah. not thing. So in the end, they said, well, it still counts. It still is a diagnosis of Asperger's. So I made them rewrite it. So it said, it, you know, he has it right at the end of it. But that was the only bit I remember having changed. So that's all it is. He's not having a meeting to be like, you know, it's not that or it's it's whatever. It'll say what it says, but you've just got to read the whole thing and then... You know, if something was mentioned that you don't want mentioned or if something was brought up in the meetings that's not in there to have it added in, is that basically. Yeah. And then what happens is, like I say, you'll have the meeting, the meeting will be over uh, and then he'll tweak it and then there'll be an official version that gets sent to you that you'll be able to have and then he'll have one that goes into your records and then 
you know, further therapies and doctors and whoever, uh, it will be there. And obviously, if you ever wanted to use it for like work or that kind of thing, it's just, yeah, it's the official one. Not that you have to show your official diagnosis to people um, once you've been diagnosed. Because uh, I think even with my job, I have only told them I've got it. But at no point has anybody asked for any proof uh, or asked for, you know, like to see my diagnosis or to have it handed out. I've not had to give it to like the HR department or anything like that. So as far as like where I work is concerned, I told them they believed me. That's that. Yeah. Uh, nobody's asked for uh, anything else. Yeah. But it's just there in case anybody wants to see it. So that's what it's going to be. And like I say, we will find out, I guess. Well, I mean, it's been posted. So it's either at your house now and got delivered with your post today or I guess Monday. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I say, we'll talk about it in more in depth next week. But, yeah, that's kind of all that's gone on with me, I would say. Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, nothing really exciting happens in my life. I can't think of anything. No. No. No, but then, like, you prefer it that way, so it's not so bad. Yes. Uh, we saw an advert this morning on telly about something where the guy, it says in your life you meet about 80,000 <laughs> people uh, that you get to know in some shape or form, and... Uh, you were disputing that number. Yeah, because <laughs> because when I think about it, I don't think that I go through life meeting as many people as other people do. Like when I was at uni, I was on the biggest course at my university. So there was, I think there was 300 people on my course. And I met, from people on my course, I'd say I met four people on my course. I like, I kind of vaguely knew the names of some other people, but... I don't know, I just dispute this, like, I think if you, uh, maybe if you're NT and you enjoy socialising, or, you, or you're autistic and you enjoy socialising, if you enjoy meeting people, then I imagine it's higher. But yeah, I think I actively go out of my way to meet as few people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I don't think there's anything else going on with me. I've started the... Uh, at my job I'm in this bit that I sort of have to pass now in order to keep the job so that's kind of been putting me a little bit on edge I've been a little bit stressed I suppose about that but yeah I'm trying to not be Um, but that's about it what about you anything going on with you no not particularly Uh, no still waiting for my therapy yeah. But that's not till the 4th of April now uh, when we move on to... I guess I get my report on what they think is going on with me and what should be done. Yeah. But that's it really. Not much going on. Boring in general. I've just kept doing the same things over and over again as per usual, as nice. does most of us. Nice, nice. Lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, I decided that... Because obviously you are finding out whether or not you've... Uh, got Asperger's I just thought we could do because obviously next episode we'll have loads to go on with talk about that kind of thing um and then obviously for those that are not in this country or those that are they can like hear I guess about how it's done in this part of the UK and how they diagnose and how they do things um but for this week we just said that we're going to do uh I was going to ask you 
so far because obviously it's been well I don't know if it's been a year yet I think we I mean according to the podcast app apparently it's been nearly a year since we started doing these yeah nearly um I was gonna ask because obviously I told you about your Asperger's or that I thought you had Asperger's uh, probably about because it says we started this in May but the app seems to think that we first signed up to it in March which is possible because uh, I think we talked about doing a podcast around March, and then it took like two months for us to actually get around to doing one. Yeah. Um. So I would say since then, and since you've learned about your autism and that kind of thing, I was just going to ask you, like, uh, what for you is the, I suppose, best thing, worst thing about uh, your own particular Asperger's? So this isn't about, like, Asperger's in general yeah. or how everybody feels, but just for you personally, um, like... Do you have a best thing about it? Now that you've understood it. Um, I don't know if we've ever done an episode on self-awareness. But I always feel like if you know you're on the spectrum, you should learn as much about your own Asperger's as possible. Because then it makes it manageable. It makes it easier to deal with. It, It just makes a lot of things easier in general if you know a lot about your own yeah. Asperger's and learn as much as you can about what affects you and what doesn't affect you. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm just looking at our episode list. I don't think we've done one. So I think maybe after we've done the diagnosis thing, I was going to talk about the importance of learning about everything to do with your Asperger's and like what I did and how it works and that kind of thing. Yeah. But like you've, you've been doing it. You've, you've had it a while or known about it for a while. So do you have... Uh, I guess starting with what's the worst thing about your particular Asperger's that you know yeah. you struggle with or don't like about it? I would I think picking the worst for me is easier than picking the best because my worst one is something that uh, is it is the th- it quite obviously annoys me and it annoys me whenever it happens, which is more often than I would like. But I think just my inability, almost, it's not an inability, but just the way that I can't deal with change, it really annoys me. Like, just the fact that, for example, we tend to have like a set thing for breakfast and we were missing one of the ingredients well, we were just really low on one of the ingredients the other day when and you were going to, like, cook me breakfast. And just the fact that we were missing it, it doesn't really matter. And we were going to have more for, like, the next day. So it wasn't a big deal. But just that one little change, like, it bothered me so much. And it's, like, I I can't even explain why like I because in my head logically I know that it doesn't matter I know like it's fine like just have breakfast without it this morning but then tomorrow morning you'll have breakfast with it and that it doesn't matter it's not a big deal and it, it doesn't affect you but just the fact that it's like a change just I I guess it just freaks me out. It's like my whole brain gets locked onto the fact that that's changed and it can't shake the the fact that it's all going wrong. And I'm like that with, like, it could be anything, but anything that happens that's out of the normal, like my whole, yeah, it's like it's all consuming of all my thoughts in my head just lock onto the fact that something's changed and it's not right and it's ruined, like, 
that thing, even though I could do that thing tomorrow and it will be fine again. But it just, I don't know, it seems like such a big deal in my head and it's not. And it bothers me that it gets to me so badly. I think that's, for me, the worst thing about my Asperger's. Yeah. Um, literally just, so any changes? It's not, it's really hard to describe because I feel like, I mean, obviously, inevitably, things change all the time. Um, like it's very, it's very, very difficult to live a life where nothing ever changes. And I don't, I don't know if it is all changes. I feel like sometimes that thing could have happened with breakfast and I wouldn't have been as bothered by it. Although I think it also depends on what it is. So my food, like food is such a big thing for me. I think genuinely this is really silly, but I think when food plans change that probably affects me more than any other changes for some reason if if you change the food that's been planned that's when I probably feel the most worked up whereas other changes are probably more manageable for me but like I say it also depends on I guess what's going on with me at that particular time yeah um, I'm sure if like everything else that day's gone fine then I'm not as bothered but say like you know, I've been in like a noisy environment or been around loads of bright lights or I've had to talk to people loads, then it it sort of, culm- cu- what's the word, culminates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, it, oh, I can't think of the right word. But yeah, it just sort of piles on top of each other. And then I guess the slight change is the thing that makes me crack, if you like, is the thing that... The straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I do notice it with you, I suppose, with a lot of stuff that if... I would say it's maybe with food. So food's probably for you like the minor one. So it's the minor one that makes a big impact on you. Yeah. Um, but definitely. then I would say that bigger stuff, when it changes equally, you have problems with it. Oh, uh, yeah. So like if you're meant to do something, meant to sit somewhere, so say you sit in the same space somewhere all the time, if you have to sit somewhere else, it, it messes with you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if we're supposed to be doing something and then that doesn't happen. Uh, where were we? When did this happen the other day? Oh yeah, we went for, oh no, it's food related though. We went yeah. out for dinner, well we went and got food last weekend and the thing you wanted to have, you, <laughs> you overheard somebody say they'd ran out of it and it was the thing you knew you were going to have before we went there so you do this thing that if we ever go anywhere for food you have to see the menu first before we get there yeah so you're on websites looking for it social media looking for it like you have to know what food we're going to eat before we get there and then if you can't work that out it kind of puts you on edge and then we get there and then you make me decide what you're going to have (laughs) Uh, because you can't. And yeah, we went to a place and you'd got it in your head, this is what you were having and it was going to be our dinner. Uh, and you were like, 100%, this is what I'm having, I'm having this. Uh, no contingency, no, like, <laughs> what if they don't have it? It was just, that's what it was. And then you overheard someone say, oh, but that, but that was the last one, we haven't got any more of that left. And you were just like, well, I'm not having dinner then, then that's fine, I just won't eat. Uh, and it's really annoying. Like, <laughs> it used to be something that, I don't know, I didn't. I don't know if I didn't used to notice it and I don't know if it's because you've got more used to being around me and you've got more like accepting of your Asperger's that you now just think, well, I'm not having it then, that's too stressful. And for me, 
when we've gone somewhere for dinner, you're like, well, I just won't eat then. Sometimes I just want to like shake you and just be like, stop, right? Mm-hmm. Just eat something. Like, yeah. this is stupid. You can't just, I'm not going to have something because the thing I wanted is not there. Like, it makes me like a bit like annoyed with you uh, yeah. when you do it. So initially when the guy was like, we've got no, um, none of the, I can't remember what it was now, but they, they didn't have any. And you were like, no, it's fine. I just won't have anything then. Uh, and I just think like, that's like, I know like you can't help it. Um, but I do just think like grow up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just have something else. Like I understand like, after, cause obviously for me, I feel like it was a, it was probably related to my own Asperger's in a sense, because that was the plan we were going in, we were having dinner. Uh, for me, I didn't know what I was going to have. And then equally, if they ever tell me we haven't got something, I just sort of go, that's fine. I'll just order something else. But with you, uh, when you do it and you can't do it, like, I initially think this is my plan. This is the routine. We're getting dinner and you're like, no, I'm not having dinner now. And I was like, oh, no, we're coming here so we can both have dinner. So then when you can't do it, I'm just like, oh, like, I don't think I'm annoyed with you. I think I'm annoyed with this is the plan for me. So, like, it's been messed up with. Uh, But then when I think about it after, I think, oh, yeah, you can't help it. This is the thing you wanted. It was the thing you were going to order. Yeah. Uh, and that's that. And that's not your fault. But like, because my initial reaction to anything that messes with um, my own Asperger's, uh, like I get angry, like straight away. So like when you were like, oh, it's not there. I'm not going to have it. I just won't have dinner. I just kind of thought, no, you will have dinner. I'll just pick you something instead then. So I was already like looking at the menu for like other things that you could have or other things that I remember you thinking on the next time I come here, I'm going to have this. So I just thought, well, we'll just skip this time and go to that time then and order this. And then, but then it t- in the end, it turns out that you, they had it anyway. They had the uh, the thing you wanted. So, uh, yeah, it didn't really matter. Um, so I guess that leads on to, I suppose, my... What I don't like about Asperger's, I suppose, for me, is uh, my, I suppose, lack of emotional range is one of my problems that I have with it. That I get aggressive and... Uh, rude to people very quickly um i'm not sure why either it's just something that i've always done like my immediate reaction to anything that i don't agree with or bothers me is um is is yeah is i get i suppose i get i don't know yeah i just i just say stuff sometimes that's a bit mean or whatever so I'd say that's probably the thing that I don't like about mine and I know it's it's out of frustration and it's always over stuff that's not very it's not a big deal and everybody else wouldn't make a big thing of it uh I used to think that I just had like needed like anger management or something like that but I think it's just that I I get rude really quickly with people uh not intentionally but it just it just sort of blurts out and lately with my um with what I do at work now because I'm not serving the public anymore like I've been moved to uh, a certain part of the store and I now don't serve anyone anymore um I do other things like background work stuff I'm not there for serving uh the public I've noticed that because I don't have that contact with strangers anymore I would say that mainly the only people I talk to are you the people I work with and then the slight interactions with the members of the public if they catch me like going on my lunch break or you know I've gone out onto the shop floor to pick something up 
that's the only times people see me. And I've noticed that that's had some sort of impact on the way I behave now um, because I've noticed that I find people frustrating a lot, I suppose. Yeah. I don't want to say quicker, but uh, my tolerance towards like members of the public has shortened, I suppose. There's less of it now than there was. I think I used to be able to put up with more. I know that when me and you used to work together, there'd be things that bothered you about stuff and I'd be like, doesn't matter. Like, it's done now, just let it go. It doesn't really matter. But I've noticed that I'm, I'm, I don't do that anymore now. Now everything's like a big deal. So like my noise cancelling headphones that I have at work, I was wearing them initially when the sounds in the store were getting too much um, and I wasn't being able to focus on stuff. But sometimes now I use it just because the person that's being a certain way is something I used to be able to deal with, but can't remember how to do that anymore uh so now i uh i just put them on so i can't hear them because uh, i feel like that helps yeah um but yeah i would say that that's one of the things i don't like about my own particular aspergers is uh yeah is i suppose is my anger i suppose uh i don't like that i can't show other emotions like that well at all in fact i would say i mean you you see me the most um, what other emotions do I express if it's not that? It's not like I'm angry all the time. It's not like I'm hideous to be around. No, you're neutral. But I would say I'm neutral most of the time. Most of the time, I'm how I am now with this podcast, so how I'm talking and how I'm behaving in this podcast. This is me pretty much 24-7, but the only time I ever show any sort of real emotional response to stuff is when I'm annoyed with something. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't say I've got any other emotional responses. I was thinking that because when I said we were going to do this episode on like best things, worst things about Asperger's, um, I thought my worst was that I was unable to, I'm unable to be myself in public, I think is one of the worst, which I know that NT people also have this thing. But in my case, it's not that I can't be myself in a certain way. It's that I have to pretend to be someone else in public just to go out in public. Uh, and that was, I was going to say, is the worst thing about it. But then, yeah, this this anger thing. Um, it doesn't bother me so much. So my anger doesn't really bother me. And I don't... I don't not like it. So it's not like I... Oh, I know I used a double negative there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's right. I don't not like it. That means that you like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not that I... I don't like that I'm aggressive, but I don't hate it either. My issue with it is... And one of my main problems is because the world is designed more towards being NT and how everybody interacts with everybody and how you're supposed to be, especially if you're working in a shop behind the counter. Everything's supposed to be a certain way. You're supposed to behave a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way. Yeah. Um, And that for me doesn't make any sense. I don't logically see the point in any of that. Uh, that you're expected to behave a certain way socially and a lot of people on the spectrum, um, you know, don't, we don't. Um, But a lot of people that are NT know the rules of how you talk to strangers, you know, if you're asking for help, how you're supposed to behave in shops, how you're supposed to behave in certain places. And everybody just kind of knows these, like, social uh, etiquettes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. and I don't like that they're there. So, like, I know that they're not real and I know that they don't really matter. I don't feel like going into a shop and having to be served by someone that's polite. And even if you're rude and even if you're aggressive, 
because you want your money back or whatever. I don't understand why the person behind the counter, because they're there to work, have to put up with, like, do you know what I mean? People behaving a certain way. And that's the same with, like I've said before, with interviews, when you go to uni, um, just everything. Everything we've got to interact with, not people you know, basically. There's certain rules on how you can and can't talk to certain people. Um, And I've never really understood it. So I don't like that when my national reaction to something is annoyance or suppose aggression or that kind of thing, I don't like that when I do that, I'm seen a certain way because it's not the norm, even though for me it is the norm. So I don't hate that I'm angry. I hope this every, is what I'm saying making sense. Yeah, no, it is. So like, I, I get you. I don't like that. It's not that I'm angry and I hate that I'm so angry all the time. I hate that when I have my outbursts and that kind of thing, suddenly like I'm the one in the wrong. Like something that's been done is the thing that's ha- triggered it. Um, like at work when somebody comes in and you just, you know, like, how people are just a certain way when they talk to people in shops and it's not I've not it's not just our shop it's I've noticed it in any other place they just expect that someone behind the counter they don't have to like be be a certain way say a certain way they just feel like well you're being paid to be here so I can talk to you however I want yeah uh, and that's fine because I'm giving you money for items and you're being paid so you can just put up with it um I don't it's one of the ones that I've never understood. Like, even when I've been in a shop shopping myself and I've seen someone be rude to a member of staff in that shop, sometimes I've said something to that person that's in there saying, why are you talking to people like that? What's wrong with you? Like, there's just no need for it. Like, I get that you just think that that's normal. Like, and I find that annoying. Um, so it's it's weird. I, I don't like that... Actually, no, I don't even know if this is relevant now. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I just expect everyone to accept that that is how I am and that I am um, I can be rude and aggressive. But equally, I always feel like my aggression and the way I talk to people sometimes is justified. I don't feel like it's come out of nowhere and I, I shouldn't have done it. I yeah. always feel like something's triggered it and I've said it for a reason. Yeah. So I then don't get why, because the social confines of that situation suggests that I should have voiced it in a different way, you know, should have been polite about it. I should have said it in a certain way. I should have, I don't know, voiced it differently, but I didn't. So it was wrong. So now my point is invalid because of the way I behaved. Um, It's a weird one. I guess one of my things that I don't like about being on the spectrum is... I suppose, how social interactions within the world are... Expected. ...are designed for NT people. And if you're on the spectrum, it's really hard to follow it. It's really hard to understand what you can and can't say in a conversation. It's hard to get how you're supposed to behave sometimes. And sometimes I can focus and sometimes I can do it. But it's only if I can do it if I can control as much of it as possible, then I'm able to interact with people in a certain way... But when I lose control of a situation or something goes away that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, um, I can't control the way I behave. Uh, And that's, you know, like an example of that is people that are like my boss. Yeah. um, I don't get why you have to talk to them in a different way that you talk to, you know, somebody else that was of a similar level of you in the store. I don't get why because they've been promoted or they get paid more or that kind of thing, 
they have to be treated a certain way. Like they immediately get a certain level of respect just because someone told you you're supposed to. Uh, so I don't. That is one of those things that I don't understand. It logically doesn't make any sense to me. They're a human like everyone else. So I will talk to them like I talk to everyone else, and then they get funny about it because they think I'm too familiar, or um, I don't understand that they are in fact in charge, and that can sometimes lead to me having an outburst with them, and then before you know it, I'm in trouble, so- just because I didn't understand the beginning, like anti. Uh, structure that's meant to be in that interaction you know so are you saying that the thing you don't like the most about your asperger's is the fact that you only have neutral and angry as emotions and you don't have anything else or are you saying that the thing you don't like about your asperger's is the fact that you don't understand why you should be anti or are you not talking about your asperger's and are you just saying the thing you don't like about the world I'm not sure. Well, this is the thing. Like When we do these podcasts and when we talk about these episodes, we always do these things where we use examples or we talk about the things that don't are for us. And when you give your examples, your examples are always specific. <laughs> I don't like changes to my food. But every time I talk, and like if you listen to any of our podcasts when I talk, I go into like these really like um, elaborate... Um, they're not points. They're not specific things. They're What's the word I'm looking for? Broad? Not broad. They're like ambiguous, like... Oh, yeah, like an Abstract co- concepts that I don't like about Asperger's or do like about Asperger's. So I would say initially what I thought was, and this is this is the one I'm talking about, this is like why my executive functioning disorder is a thing, <laughs> because what I've kind of done here is how my brain works, that uh, you've kind of like listened to what I'm thinking about all the time, and this is why I can't focus on stuff. What I meant was, yes, I don't like my anger outbursts, but that made me think, I, actually, no, I don't care about my anger outbursts. It's how, it's how I'm seen when I do them and how I'm then like, treated after I've done them, even though it's, it's something I can't help. To then, why is that a problem? Because it's not my fault. It's the world's designed a certain way and you have to behave a certain way in certain things. So everything I just said is a reason why I don't like having Asperger's because, as you can imagine from what I've said, it's, it's a daily thing it's it's, well, it's not daily like at the weekends because it's just i only see you at the weekends it's just yeah. me and you i feel like that doesn't come up as an issue no um but in the week that is my ongoing struggle is that i try and guess how i'm supposed to behave in an nt world by controlling as much of what i do as possible but then there's things that just don't make any sense to me and i know it's going to be trouble when it happens but yeah i would say that even though you've just listed three things that i could be Am I angry? Is that my own Asperger's? Or is it the world around me? Or is it the... What was the third thing? Uh, It it was either the worst thing about your Asperger's for you is the fact that you don't have emotion. Yeah. Or it's the fact that you don't understand the NT response to your anger. Or it's nothing to do with your Asperger's and it's just that you don't like the NT, I guess, or just in general, social norms and... Okay, so my issue is then is that I don't like that um, I only have two settings, angry or neutral, yeah. and that's not that's not no maybe not accepted, but that's not maybe accepted. I can't think of a word for this. I don't like that. That's the only two things I can do. Um, but in how the world works, that's not um, what's the word I'm looking for here. I don't want to say useful. But it's like that. It's not what's expected or... 
it's not oh, do you know what? I can't think of the word for it I want to say like that's not how everybody else is uh, so it makes me stand out yeah uh, <laughs> like it's it's different I don't know just... I guess so but yeah that I would suppose is and the thing I also don't like about Asperger's as much as um, this is your Asperger's or Asperger's in general this one's for Asperger's in general I don't like that because it's I don't like how unknown it is or yeah. how um how people aren't that aware about it that's one of the things that i think re- is related to what i'm saying about how i feel is because i don't look like i've got it you know and i don't appear like i've got it and people that have got asperger's you don't know they've got it until like i can't look at someone that's walking past you couldn't show me like a lineup of 10 people they just stand there no talking no anything and i couldn't tell you which one of them was until I've spoke to them all a little bit, and then you can sort of tell which one it is. But that's only because I have it. I've learned a lot about it. I know what I'm looking for. Yeah, there's very little awareness as to yeah. And if you if you don't want to go around telling everyone, which a lot of people don't, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to get into trouble. That you know certain things are going to happen, or you have to be the opposite and tell everyone you meet, um, but then have them look at you in a way that they kind of not look down on you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, they're on the spectrum. Like you said with my old boss, uh, you said that she used to talk to you when I wasn't there and going, yeah, but he doesn't understand because of this or because of his Asperger's, it's, you know, it's this. You know, she, yeah. used to, she used to do that all the time. And Well, I wouldn't say she did it all the time, but you know I, I mean, think though? there was, there was yeah. like three, three occasions that I can think of where you had done something and yeah, when you weren't there, said something along the lines to me of, oh, can you do this? Because Nicky's tried to do it, but he just, he doesn't really understand because of his Asperger's. And I thought it would always be when you'd done something that I guess like you were saying was uh, aggressive because yeah. of the way you write emails and the way you wrote that particular... Um... I was doing, yeah, I was doing like a, it's not a disciplinary action, but uh, reprimanding an employee and it was done in a written form and my wording of it, I guess I didn't sugarcoat it. No, you called him lazy and incompetent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, the way she said it to me was, like, oh, he doesn't understand because of his Asperger's. But in my head, I was thinking, he knows exactly what he's written, and it's just because that's yeah, the I, way you are. <laughs> I, I know that in that instance, I specifically picked those words because I tried the nicer approaches several times before, and now I was just tired of it and just thought, no, I'm just going to have to go yeah. in and just say it now. Um, so in that situation, she was wrong, but she she tied it all to that, which is what people do if you go around telling everybody you've got it. But if you don't go around and tell everyone you've got it and you keep it to yourself, which is kind of how you're doing, you're just seen as weird or in my case, you know, a bit confrontational or got a bad attitude and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's there's that. It's, it's With me, it's this really elaborate big ambiguous concept that I don't like about Asperger's I guess my main thing is no one knows what it really is and therefore I can't behave in a way that's just how I behave without having to either explain it or accept the consequences of what happens because of it yeah and with me it comes across as really shy anyone that meets me thinks I'm really shy which is weird because I'm not shy at all I just don't like talking to people like it it comes across like i i had a meeting with my one of yeah my old boss um at my new job but my boss has changed but yeah uh he said like you're really shy and i was like i'm not shy you're talking to me now one on one and it's fine but as soon as you put me in a group of people i don't want to talk like everyone else is talking and i can't 
I've got selective mutism. I can't talk over like these groups of people. So if everyone else is talking, I'll just sit there in silence and I don't care. Um, but yeah, I think um, we're seeing as we've gone this long just talking about the bad. Maybe we'll do a bad and then we'll talk about our best ones in a, a different. Well, I don't know. We've still got twenty minutes. Unless you've got, well, have you got more things that you wanna you wanna add to the bad? Because I feel like no, if I if I talk about my bad anymore, it's I feel like I've not really done that. Uh, I've kind of just gone into these like big concepts. So I feel like if we carry on talking about it, oh well, no, that's well. Funnily enough, that's something that I quite enjoy about you. I like the contrast because when talking to you, it's not just one of two things. But I would say a lot of the time with you, you either aren't really in the mood to talk, yeah, and we'll be having a conversation that I can tell you just don't want to. You don't want to talk. You're very right. like one wordy. Or we'll have a conversation where you kind of do that and you go into loads of detail. And I really like you going off on your tangents. I think it's funny, but it is like a nice contrast between the two because you do tend to... I guess it just depends on like your mood. But yeah, you kind of are either really unloquacious or the complete opposite where you'll talk loads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I find it quite... Uh, interesting and I, I quite like the fact that I know a lot of the time when you like you said like during the week a lot more you try and or at least yeah partially try to fit in with the social norms and not be too aggressive it just comes out if you want it to but I like the fact that I think you don't do that with me like I would say <laughs> I would say you're not um you're not afraid to be a little bit I don't want to use the word aggressive because that sounds like, like yeah like I'm abusive yeah it sounds, it sounds like violent and you're not <laughs> like uh but I, I find it quite funny like if I say something that's annoyed you you don't have a problem uh well expressing <laughs> what I've noticed lately um <laughs> And like you said, yeah, you're right. With you at the weekends, uh, I do just say it uh, yeah. because it's you. It, it doesn't make a difference. I know that uh, the thing is with you is initially, I think when we first met, I think I wouldn't have done it because it's hard to get. But and like I would say maybe a few months ago, I think some of the stuff I say or the way I am, you used to take personally. And you used to think <laughs> that like I'd had enough or I didn't want to talk to you anymore or do you know what I mean? Like. I just, I just, I was done. Yeah. Um, but I think like as we've gotten and you got to know me, I've noticed that you're more accepting of it. Now when I say stuff or do stuff, you just kind of go, it's not me. It's, <laughs> he's just, he's having one of those like issues. Uh, like he's just having his, his thing again. Like you've stopped taking it as I'm annoyed with you now. Uh, and you've just started like, oh, he's just, he'll come out of it. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Which is good. I like that because it, I like I've said like I was saying when I when I have these like anger outbursts or whatever with people and then they get funny about it and then they expect me to apologize and I won't apologize and it gets <laughs> like worse and that kind of thing I know with you now I can just do my thing have my whatever and you just get it so I I, I feel like I feel less like I have to explain it uh whereas I think when we first started talking and first started hanging out and stuff like that I feel like I'd have an outburst and then go so yeah the reason this happened is because yeah. of this. It's not, but now I think I have them, and I've noticed sometimes I have them, and you just kind of, <laughs> just sort of like ignore it, like it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, because you get that I'm not actually annoyed with you. It's just 
it's the situation in general uh, and it's just you're the the last thing to make me say something or do something yeah I don't it doesn't really bother me if you like because uh, you don't like her again it's hard to describe you don't shout or anything like that just you'll say something or be quite blunt or say something I guess bordering on harsh yeah but yeah I know that it's just something that's bothered you it's not me so I'll just I always just think like okay I'll just give you some space I'll go do something else for a bit and like I can tell when you're over it because then you'll usually be like I mean you don't call me Scarlet but Scarlet <laughs> and that's when I know that you're like back in the room yeah <laughs> when you call me back in so I'll go like do some washing up or tidy up bedroom just away from wherever you are <laughs> and i know that when you i i think you because you're in like a bit of a bubble it's when you realize that yeah i suppose i um yeah i don't really i don't really get it um sometimes sometimes i just but i've noticed that like you know how nt people as well as you get older you stop you care less and less about like how people see you uh, and you care less and less about um, how the world, I suppose, I guess, sees you, uh, I don't know, like interacts with you, that kind of thing. Uh, and you start just saying stuff that you're thinking and you start just, you know, saying it how it is, not bothered what people think anymore. There's less of that. I've noticed lately and I can't tell if it's because of my age uh, or I don't know. I don't know if it's what it is, but I've noticed lately in public, I've started saying it and you've noticed it that <laughs> I used to do this thing where somebody would say something and I'd have an opinion about it, but I'd know to whisper it really quietly. So I'd, I'd still, I used to just think it. So yeah. when I was really young, I'd think it. Someone would say something and I'd just think the response and not say it. And then I started to whisper it really quietly in my head. So like a really like quiet mumble. And I've noticed that as the years have gone on, it's got louder and louder to the point now I'm close to just telling people when they say stuff uh, and that kind of thing. So I feel like that's something that NT people do as well, but not on the same scale, because I've said before, like NT people do do things that people on the spectrum do. It's not like there's we do this and you do that. It's just I feel like a lot of people on the spectrum do a more exaggerated version of the same thing. There are also times when you think that you are being quieter than you are. There are definitely times where I think now, like you say, you don't care as much. But when we used to work together, I think there were times when you thought you were being not quiet, but quiet enough so they wouldn't hear. And I had to give you a look of that. They can hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would say when I was younger, I want I um I would have thought, oh no, they've heard me. Oh no, I'm so embarrassed. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But now, when people when I know people have heard what I've said and they're looking at me, I just look back. Like, yeah, yeah. that was about you. Um, so I, I've noticed that like I'm getting this weird combination of the NT and like everybody thing where you get older, you start caring less and less about how you're perceived. Um, but coupled with my Asperger's of not knowing what to say and what not to say in certain social situations, um, I'm finding it hard to judge what I can and can't say to people anymore, which is something I didn't think would happen because I used to be really good at knowing you shouldn't say that to somebody or knowing you should say that to somebody. Um, 
And I think where this has come from is, I think it's my age. I think it's because, like I said, it's because I'm getting older. Yeah. Um, but I also think because I hang around with you yeah. most of the time, because I'm always hanging around with somebody that's on the spectrum also and is also an Asperger thing, and me and you just say what we're thinking all the time. Yeah. I think I found it harder to, because obviously all, uh, like, previous people that I used to hang with, like, friends and that kind of thing. So I don't really hang, I don't have friends anymore. Um, and I don't, I haven't been in a relationship with someone that was NT in a while. So my interactions with the NT world have become less and less with time anyway. I'd suppose in the last year, I talk to people less and less that are on the spectrum. I mean, that aren't on the spectrum. And obviously with my job now for the last couple of months, I've been kept away from the public in any sort of real interaction way. I've kind of realized that it's made me it's hard for me now to judge what I should and shouldn't be saying to people. Yeah, and I find that, I mean, we joke quite a lot and we'll make quite horrific jokes about the outside world that probably, like, definitely shouldn't be said in public. But we'll also make jokes about each other that are quite harsh. Yeah. But we we get it. So we'll just say things that are quite mean, but obviously they're meant in a jokey way or like they're not meant to cause offense. It's just a statement that's true, but it's one of those things that you probably shouldn't say, but we do. And I think like, I would say I've noticed that with me as well, because I think because I'm used to, I can say to you something. Uh, then if I've, I've started to realize that you, you can't say it so much. Like, with my new job, I don't really talk to... I don't really talk to anyone. I don't really have to. I just sit at a desk on my computer all day. So I don't... I don't really have to talk to anyone. I call... I call, like, one customer a day, sometimes two. Um, But the phone calls last about ten minutes, if that. And it's very structured. I write... I type out um, a call script before I call them so I know what I'm going to say. So my actual, like interactions with people uh so so much less now that when I do talk to people I've noticed that I've really started saying what I think probably not to the same extent as you but I've also started to make it really obvious how I feel about the conversation so if someone talks to me and I don't want to talk to them or I'm busy or I've got something to do I've started making it really obvious that I don't want to talk to them and I'm like oh what do you want (laughs) Things like that that I guess aren't socially acceptable. Usually if you don't want to talk to someone but they, they're talking to you, you'll sort of pretend to be into it and then do a sort of pretend, oh, I've got to go do this, I'm in a rush. Whereas I'll just go, um, like, I'm busy. Yeah, I suppose and this is what I'm saying. Like, it's this is back to my... Um, the thing I don't like is, is the... I suppose it's the NTAS, like trying to get them to integrate together. Yeah. It doesn't really work. I feel like I've I've spoke to people on the spectrum a few times and they do say things that in an NT world you would think like, oh, like, can you say that? Should you be saying that? Or do you not realise where you are? Um, Like, I used to work with a guy that was on the spectrum who would just swear really loudly, but we were working in like a store around children. But he, he didn't have like Tourette's. He just, he'd get excited which made him swear really loudly in front of everyone. And it wouldn't matter, like, how many times you took him to one side and went, you got to stop. You can't keep doing that. Like, you just can't keep saying those things around people. He'd just go, okay, yeah, I'll try. Okay, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, I'll stop. And then, like, 
20 minutes later, he'd do it again. And he, he, he'd realise after he'd done it, he'd be like, oh, oh, no, um, no, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to. Sorry, I know I'm aware. But then, like, he'd only work, like, a couple of shifts a week. So you wouldn't see him again for, like, five days. He'd come back. But because he'd still do it while he was there, and I told him, he'd remember during that two-day period that I was working with him not to do it. But then because he spent five days away from the store, away yeah. from everybody else, he'd got into the habit of it doesn't matter that he can and can't say it, that he'd then come back around, start again, and then he'd straight back to it. And I'd be like, remember what we talked about last week? And he'd go, what? And then you'd tell him and he'd be like, right, yes, I do remember. I will do that. And then he'd swear again. And he'd be like, oh, no. Like uh, I was like, maybe try and swap the word out. And he was like, okay, I'll try and swap the word out. But because I wasn't specific, he'd swap it out for just a different swear word that's not the same one. And I'd be like, no, it's not that. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just how it was. Um, but because, you know, swearing is is one of those things that, even for me, swearing is is something that I don't get because it's just, they're just words. They're words like any other word. I don't understand how a certain noise is offensive and a certain noise isn't offensive it's something that I get I'm not supposed to do and obviously me and you don't do that on the podcast because we know that some of the people that listen to this podcast are you know young or some people listen to this like as a family or or whatever or just don't like it or just don't like it so I get that so I understand that even though I don't understand why it's not acceptable I understand so I don't understand the reasons behind why it's not acceptable but I get that it's not acceptable so it's fine um, but this guy didn't, it was something that he couldn't, con- he couldn't grab the concept of it. He just didn't get why he could say like, you know, bus or cabbage, <laughs> no response. <laughs> but like if he said a different word, he's suddenly being pulled to one side and being like, stop saying that word. Yeah. Like for him, he didn't get the, um, the reasons behind why certain words were okay and some words weren't because they're just words, you know, and no one's being, like, physically hurt from them. Do you know what I mean? No one's being, like, it's not causing anything. It's it's just, it's offensive. Yeah, I and <laughs> I get where he's coming from. I Yeah, exactly, but it's just how it is. In certain situations, you can't use certain words. Um, and I never really bothered to understand why that was the case. I just learned what the words were and when I can't use them. And that's how I've done it. Like, obviously, when me and you were talking to each other normally, we don't talk so much like we do this podcast. But, you know, when we do the podcast, we know not to. Yeah. Um. So it's fine. Uh, you know, we've, we've learned to control it. But this is what this is like one of the, the issues I think there is with those on the spectrum. It's, it's a weird one swearing because some people just know. And I'm sure there's NT people out there that also have problems not doing it. Yeah. But, I'm saying, like, this is just, a, I suppose, a, an example of one of my issues with being on the spectrum is that there's you, things that you've got you to know the rules yeah. of stuff. Whereas for a lot of, I, I think for a lot of NT people, they don't need to learn the rules. It's just it comes natural. Whereas for me, I have to learn this is this situation and you can't do this and you can't do that. But I think a lot of NT people, it's just, well, obviously you can't do that. Yeah. Or obviously you can't behave this way. But for me, I have to consciously think okay we're here we're doing this but then there's some stuff that's so alien to me that it doesn't matter how many times someone explains to me this is what I've got to do in my head it doesn't make any sense so I'm just like well I'm not going to do that um and it looks like I'm being like petulant or it looks like I'm being like stubborn or awkward or I'm just being a pain for no reason do you know what I mean like 
for example, your area manager's coming into the store, so you've got to talk to him politely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, my old boss used to say, you know, the penguins from Madagascar. She'd be like, remember, Nikki, the penguins from Madagascar. Just, just smile and wave. <laughs> just smile and wave. Um and in my head, it doesn't make any sense that we have to do that. It doesn't matter how many times people tell me that's just the way it is. Because I can't understand on any level why that is. I just, I get annoyed with them for telling me that that's what I've got to do. And then when the person turns up, I just think, well, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, I won't do it. I refuse to go along with this. So I won't go along with it. Yeah. Um, And that's, it's definitely a... Uh, I have to see logic and understanding behind something. I can't just do something because that's just the way it is. When somebody says to me, that's life or that's just the way it is, those things on intentionally wind me up to the point where I just think, well, I'm not doing that. You can't give me a good enough reason other than that's just the way it is, so I'm not doing it. But like NT people know these things. Like those things are just, do you know what I mean? It's, it's natural for them yeah. to understand that that's just the way it is. And if they want to get ahead in life or if they want to do well here or if they want to progress in the world, they have to follow these like rules. But for me, a lot of them don't make any sense. Some of them I get to a point, so I'll do them. But a lot of them I just think like, but why? So then I won't do them. Yeah, um, I've noticed the that it definitely happens because I work in an office now which I guess is slightly more professional than our old job or at least like there's more people in our old job like because it was more of a laid-back environment you could get away with following less of the norms in terms of with your colleagues not so much with the public but with your colleagues but where I work like there's things I've noticed that I can do and I remember to do if I'm on good form (laughs) but say something's bothering me or like there's just something that's gone wrong with the day and I'm thinking about other things I just forget to follow the social practices that everyone else does and I do notice it afterwards so like for example everyone holds the door open for everyone even when it means that you have to stop and wait for someone to get to the door so it's slowing you down and that's something I find really odd Um, But the other day I didn't, like, I was thinking about getting to lunch and eating lunch that I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't even bother to look behind me to see if anyone was there. I didn't hold the door open. I just went through the door and left it to shut. And I heard someone tut behind me because obviously I hadn't held the door open for them. And I just thought, oh, I forgot. And then I thought, why does it matter? Why can't they open the door for themselves? (laughs) Um, And there's other things. So, like, when I get in in... I want to say the morning, but I don't start till three in the afternoon. So when I get in in the afternoon, everyone feels the need to say hello to everyone, which I find odd in itself. I don't really understand saying hello. It It's a pointless, it's a pointless word. But yeah, everyone says hello. But then they do other things like, oh, how was your morning? Or on a Monday, how was your weekend? And sometimes I'm on good form and I go, yeah, it was okay. What about you? Sometimes I just go, yeah, it was okay. And then I walk off and then I sit at my desk and I get to my desk and then I think, oh, I I forgot to ask them and they would have expected that because that's a thing people do. It's like little things like that or equally um, Monday to Thursday, I have to wear a dress code. It's not, I don't have a uniform or anything. I just have to wear sort of like smart casual office attire. Uh, But then on Friday, it's a dress down day. And then... um, there's a whole thing about you're you're allowed tattoos, whatever, as long as they're not offensive. But I find this whole idea of what is offensive is very subjective. And then a 
one of the guys uh, told me that he can't wear shorts because of the tattoos on his legs being offensive. And I thought, what have you got? And he said he's got two pin-up girls. And I just thought, why is that? Who Who's that offending? I don't understand. But apparently, apparently that's offensive. But I don't really understand... Yeah, but why? I would say with you and your Aspergers in general with you, you're really hard to offend. So <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you don't find offensive because you don't understand being offended. Um, so some stuff can just happen like, and you don't realise that you're supposed to be offended. You get offended for other people. Oh, I definitely So get when other people, other people have like certain... Um, beliefs or certain um so like if people have certain religious beliefs or are of a certain like sexual orientation and you find someone that's intolerant to that person's yeah you get annoyed by that i get so i get so so anyone that's like that. anyone that's like being racist or anyone that's being like sexist or I, like i hate any form of discrimination yeah so you get annoyed by that yeah but say someone was being that way towards you yeah. you don't recognize it at all <laughs> I, as a thing I so I, I can see why you wouldn't know what was an offensive to someone because you don't find stuff offensive. You can read stuff, see stuff and that kind of thing. Unless someone's doing it to someone else, then you notice it. It's like you have to see it in, happen in front of you for you to get that it happens. But if it's a direct happens to you, <laughs> you don't recognise it as a thing at all. So I, I can get why you wouldn't be able to judge what's offensive and what's not offensive because you don't get offended by stuff. But when you see someone directly saying, I like this, and then someone else going, you're stupid for liking that. Yeah. You then just like, hey, that's not cool. Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's an odd concept with you. It's odd that you can be offended for others, but you can't find things offensive to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I find it's very rare that I actually get offended by things. Even one thing that I knew was a dig at me the other day, there was someone who said to me at work when I came in they said to someone else loud enough for me to hear uh she oh, I can't remember exactly it was something along the lines of look who forgot to brush her hair again today because I don't really brush my hair I go for like a messy yeah, yeah. <laughs> a messy look but I wasn't I knew that she was trying to be mean to me but I don't I didn't really feel offended and all I did was go to the toilet I just back combed my hair to the point of I looked stupid but I was like, I, I'm not going to be insulted by this. I'm just going to make it more obvious that I haven't brushed my hair. And then I just went back and sat next to her with my hair, like, huge. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that's that's something that I've, I've noticed about you is uh, you like other people's emotional responses to stuff. Um, so I think in that case, when she said that about you, you wanted to see if you could make it worse or... <laughs> make it better you find other people's emotional responses interesting yeah. um so i think in that case it was just that but yeah um that's it i was yeah. gonna say that the reason that you uh the door thing i was trying to think about why you know to open the door they open the door for each other and you don't um that's i would say that's something that even though i've said that i don't understand social constructs and stuff i get holding the door for people but that's because it's part of my masking and I've seen people do it so I yeah. know to do it so if I was in that situation I'd know to hope I open the door I hold the door for people all the time um because I'm aware of the fact that it's just something you do to appear normal well I I do do it most of the times so most of the time maybe not as so much when I first started working there I used to forget but now I've got the hang of it I know when I go through a door I look behind me I hold it open like I say it's just if there's something else going on in my head I just completely forget yeah 
And sometimes I misjudge. Sometimes I look and I see someone's approaching, so I hold the door open, but I haven't realised that they're approaching from quite a distance. And now I'm just, like, I've locked on. They're looking at me. They know I'm holding the door for them. I can't just walk off at that point, so I have to stand there and wait for, like, up to a minute. Yeah. <laughs> just awkward door holding. So maybe I haven't got it down 100%, but, yeah, that's... Uh... So that's it. Next week, I mean, sorry for the mishmash of this episode. I initially set out with this to be like a name a good thing, bad thing, but we kind of went on a tangent, so I have no idea what I'm going to name this ad for, uh, this episode. It was going to be called Worst Things and Best Things of Asperger's, but, and I don't want to call it Random Chat 4, which is what this would be now. Well, I would say this was... Well, we both talked about our least favourite things about our Asperger's, and then we just drifted. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to call this episode. Uh, so, obviously, you'll know what this episode's called by the time you get to this part of the podcast, because I'll have named it and post it by then. But at this point, I'm not sure what this episode is. I would still say about. our least favourite things about our Asperger's, because okay. that was covered. Yeah, um, so... Next week, we'll be doing Scarlett's diagnosis. Yes. She will know whether she's official or not. I think yeah. even if it says you're not, I think we both know you are. I think we've done this too long now for you not to be. <laughs> uh, you'll just be one of those people that... I mean, and there's loads of people out there that know they are, have tried to get diagnosed, and have been told they're not. Um, doesn't mean you should give, give up, up or yeah. think you're not just because somebody official says you're not. Because, yeah, I've had a few people who got told they weren't and then they went and got themselves re-diagnosed later on and then it turns out they were. So it just depends, I guess. Um, so, yeah, the next couple of episodes um, will be about Scarlett's diagnosis, what happened, uh, whether she is or isn't. If she isn't, um, we can just go over, like, how you feel about that, what you want to do, that kind of thing. Uh, or if you don't want to talk about it, we won't talk about it. <laughs> I, I'll talk about it. If you are, we'll go over the process in the UK, especially in the South of the UK, which is where we are, um, just for those that are interested on how it works and um, what you can expect. But equally, everywhere you go, it's different. So I wouldn't really use this as a, this is how it is. It's more of a guideline. Yeah, uh, I guess this is like the Southeast. And then, yeah, then I wanted to do an episode on self-awareness. So even though you're, we're raising Asperger awareness. Yeah. What? We're not in the southeast. I've just realised. Uh, that doesn't matter. We're in the southwest. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're in the south of England. Let's just leave it there. That's why I just said that. Um, but yeah, then we'll do an episode on self awareness because, like I said, even though we're all about like Asperger awareness and making more people aware of what it is, uh, I think being aware of it yourself and how it's unique to you is important. Uh, and we'll just probably do an episode on why you should looking to do that and how's the best way to go about learning more about your own situation um i also wanted to do one on because i know i had like no ideas for this episode this week but i i thought about um i wanted to talk about it's a hard one to explain i don't want to say like mental maturity but i want to talk about like how empty people's brains mature so how they go from like toddler to child to teenager to adult and like how they accept like you know grown-up things and you know how to do stuff and think a certain way um I want to talk about something that goes on with me to do with like a delay in that and how I'm always like a stage behind where I should be so uh at my age now where I should be is not how I think or how I do stuff uh and yeah I just want to talk about how I feel like that's relevant to Asperger's because I have seen a few people that have talked about a similar thing yeah and it's to do with our brains even though we're it's not that we're not grown up I feel like we're always at a younger stage than everybody else so when you meet someone with Asperger's that's in like their 40s 50s how they think and how they do stuff they're a lot more you know like young at heart or I suppose the way they are is different 
uh, and they're not as whatever. I've never come across somebody that was on the spectrum that I would consider like, you know, super grown up, I suppose, or behaves in a way that yeah is like proper adult. Mm. Um, and I just want to talk about like what that is. I feel like it's got something to do with emotional responses or something, uh, but it's just something I'm interested in. Uh, I've always felt like I am always behind everybody else, everybody else that's the same age as me. I look at like the way they think, the way they talk, the way they do stuff and the like path their life's taking and just think that is nothing like what's going on with me right now. But then I look at people that are like a good 10, 15 years younger than me and think, there, that's where I am. <laughs> uh, so like, I just wanted to see if that was uh, related to Asperger's. But yeah, that's it for this week. Um, like I say, next week we'll find out if Scarlett's official or not. If she's not, uh, I guess you'll have to leave the podcast and it'll just be me. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it it'll was just, nice talking to you all. I'll just change it to that Asperger. <laughs> uh, and it'll just be me talking because Scarlett will no longer be allowed. Yeah. But uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening to me. Sorry for being a fraud. Oh, come on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We'd still do these. You definitely are. Like, I think anyone that listens to this, me, um, you know, everybody else that has heard this, like, would definitely think you are. No one's ever listened to this again. What's she even doing on this podcast? So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Thanks again for everyone listening. Um, we're Thank on you the, so much. Join our group on the Them Asperger's page if you want to talk about anything with anybody on there. Uh, I think last week I mentioned how good everybody on there was, how they all know loads of things. Uh, so if you are on the spectrum and are listening to this and want some support, want to ask a question, or want people to talk to, go on our group, which is on our Facebook page, Them Asperger's. There's a private group on there just called the Them Asperger's group. Uh, you have to get approval from either me or Scarlett. But like I say, we've not really had any trouble in there, so I'm just letting people in. There's no like questions or there's no like real like criteria to getting in. You don't have to be diagnosed. You don't have to be on the spectrum. You've just got to have an interest in it or want to know something about it, really. Uh, and yeah, thanks again for everybody that's listening. Thank you. Bye.